And if we all just felt the freedom of talking about the things that we're not supposed to talk about, then we wouldn't feel so much shame because it would be met with connection and empathy. You're listening to CWC Talks, a podcast from the University of Florida Counseling and Wellness Center. In each episode, we discuss mental health topics related to the experience of being a student and share the struggles and joys of taking care of your mental health while in college. Please note, CWC Talks is not a substitute for counseling and may be sensitive for people who have experienced trauma. All guests' views are their own and do not speak for the CWC, the University of Florida, or the mental health profession as a whole. Hi, this is Chelsea and Olivia, and we're here with the CWC Talks podcast. Today, we're talking about shame. And we are joined by Lorena Colina and Kate Wrench, who are both registered mental health counseling interns in Gainesville. Welcome, you two. Hi, we're glad to be here. Before we get started talking about this topic, can you share maybe a little bit just about yourselves and kind of general thoughts about the topic of shame? Okay. My name is Lorena. And um, about myself, uh, I am an immigrant. I came here from Venezuela at a very young age um, with my immediate family. And um, we, we had the whole, the whole story of, you know, coming to this country and working towards starting and continuing our lives here and trying to thrive here. Um, that experience has really shaped who I am today. And uh, my decision to pursue my academic career the way I have, and then later become a counselor as well. And it informs the way that I counsel uh, people and and show up for people. So that's a big identity of mine. Um, In regards to shame, I'm really excited to talk about shame today, because I think it's something that you know, it like we've talked about this before, like it thrives in secrecy, right? And the less that we talk about it in community, the more power it has over all of us. Thank you. What about you, Kate? Yeah, um, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow up Lorena. Um, so I am Kate and I've done a couple of the other podcasts. So I don't know if any of the listeners remember me, but one of my like major identities is being um, a recovering addict and Um, That has really shaped the way that I counsel and made me want to become a counselor when I got clean. And um, yeah, I mean, I have been clean for nine years, a little bit over, and I graduated from my master's program almost a year and a half, two years ago, and started this job. And I... I'm just starting out in my journey of counseling, but I, I think that I, <laughs> my intimate experience with shame and you know, just in general, my life has uh, been able to really kind of shape who I am and um, what I bring to clients. Tell me a little bit more about how that experience with shame has played a role in your life. For me, like specifically talking about college, because that's who we're geared toward, I guess. I had a lot of shame growing up, always. Brene Brown talks a lot about like shame versus guilt and how shame is I am bad and guilt is I did something bad. And never when I was a kid 
and even now it's hard to kind of break that. I, I never once said, oh, I did something bad. It was always like, I am bad. I am the defect. I am uh, the scum of the earth or, or whatever it was. I'm um, not good enough. Right, exactly. And so, you know, going into a college setting, um, I had a lot of that shame with me of, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not insert your chosen word here enough. And yeah, I I think that that has really impacted me. And it's something that I struggle with, like I said, every day, but it's something that I am also able to combat now. And, you know, we like to talk about how like empathy is the antidote to shame. And I surround myself with empathetic people to help me combat that. And also I'm able to help people who are dealing with shame, you know, fight that off. I wonder if we could even like just backing up a little bit, think about what's, what is shame? Like, what does that mean? So for me, the shame is about like not being enough I'm going to reference Brene Brown a lot because she is the researcher of shame. And so like, you know, if she hears all of this, I'll be mortified, but you know, that's okay. And so she talks a lot about how shame is the thing that says to you, you're not enough and you are not worthy. And also like, who do you think you are? And she talks about like that being like a shame gremlin, just kind of like living in your little brain saying all of these things to you Um, and everyone deals with shame. And I think that that is why we're talking about it is because everyone can relate to shame and feeling that at some point in their lives. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah. I would say that um, shame does not, does not encourage connection, right? It actually steers us away from connection any chance it gets. And I see it more as like um, a protector, you know, like it's this emotion that is there to help us survive in terms of survival. Like, sure, it could, it could ensure our survival in the future in terms of like, we live another day, but it doesn't allow us to thrive. It doesn't allow us to connect with other people. And that's why, like when, as Kate is saying, like empathy is the antidote to shame because empathy requires you to share that shame with somebody and to be vulnerable and, and just like, show up with like your open heart and say, Hey, you know, anybody else feeling this too? I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm over here. I would love for somebody to be here with me. So when I think of shame, I think of this like thing that has served me in the past and it's not serving me anymore. You bring up a good point about empathy and Kate, you had mentioned, you know, surrounding yourself with empathy, but I would imagine too, you have to also have some empathy for yourself, like recognizing that, you know, you're a vulnerable person and, and you have pain and you have these core beliefs about yourself that could be very irrational. And so learning how to be gentle and kind with yourself. Yeah, I think that that is super important. And surrounding myself with empathetic people has taught me how to be empathetic with myself Um, because that's not something I'm born doing. I have had to learn that 
which is interesting because I do think that I was born with empathy for others, <laughs> but not so much for myself. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that empathy for self comes from a lot of positive reframing, self-talk type of situations. So for example, when I was in college, I auditioned for this dance company and I got in and it was incredible and like a dream come true. And I got to dance with all of these amazing women and I never felt good enough. I was not shaped the way these women were. I was not built the way that these women were. Um, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not your traditional, like small ballerina, what many people think of, you know, I'm a bigger woman. And I thought that that meant that I was not enough. And so, you know, fighting that then was saying things like, well, I, I auditioned the same way they did. And I got in the same way they did. And I may not look like them, but I am just as good as them. I may not, you know, X, Y, or Z, but I am X, Y, and Z. And so that was something that I tried to practice and I wasn't always great at. And, you know, the help of like therapy and (laughs) other people in my life who were able to be empathetic and tell me those things, I was able to talk that way to myself eventually. I think that shows up for a lot of college students, whether it's and like doing dance or, you know, something like that, or just the fact that they made it to the University of Florida or that they made it to college and just feeling that imposter syndrome of, you know, how, how did I get here? There's, you know, this, this university can be a very competitive achievement oriented environment. And I know there's so much comparison that goes on and feeling like everyone else, you know, deserves to be there, deserves to be here. Everyone else knows what they're doing, but you know, how, how did I get here? Um, I don't belong here. I think are common feelings. Yeah. I would agree with that. I definitely connect to that perspective, which is why I kind of introduced myself in the way that I did, because, you know, coming from a different country and like coming to the land of opportunity and having family sacrifice their entire careers so that I could have a better future meant, okay, you know, you need to go in and like do the very best that you can or be the best for that matter. Cause I've, you know, the healthier version says, I'm doing my best, you know, the not so healthy version is like, you got to be the best, you know? So it it like, you start going into that realm of comparison and um, feeling, you know, that pressure, just like as a quote unquote outsider and coming in and trying to prove that you belong here, trying to prove that a mistake was not made by accepting you into this school or into this program or, um, And not just in, you know, academically, but also in friendships, like I belong in this group too. Like that sense of belonging, it takes a lot of work to, I think, foster um, and and having some patience with yourself as you move towards that. It's really helpful and a lot of compassion. (laughs) But I think additionally, and, um, you know, Brene does talk about this as well, that it was also coming into a culture of scarcity, you know, where we don't have enough, we don't do enough and we are not enough. And learning to understand that as a, a young adult and uh, that's finding themselves and then learning to 
combat it in many ways. I'm glad you brought up the cultural piece and the family piece of that, because I think it adds another layer of pressure and of expectations. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, all well-meaning and well-intentioned. It's this all our eggs are in in this basket, you know, and so that that is a lot of pressure. Um, And I know it's because they wanted and want the best for me, um, they wanted to provide the best opportunities like every parent wants. They all want to give sure. everything that they can to their children. And, you know, coming in and not becoming a doctor, lawyer, engineer, um, or not choosing to become a doctor, lawyer, engineer was a difficult step to take because for so long, there were no other options. Those were the three majors. And I... For you? Yeah, those were the options. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Because they're successful. That's like, that's what makes like the journey here so worth it. Right. And learning to think for myself and ask questions like, well, is that the only choice? If this is the land of opportunity, then I can, I should be able to do anything I want to do. Is that okay? And that was harder. Like understanding that, that we can, that we have endless opportunities. That was not so hard to understand. The harder part was that I can do that, that it's okay for me to do that. I found that like transforming that shame, or I guess like the way that I was thinking, transforming that shame into just the act of recognizing that choosing my myself and choosing to pave my own path um, was courageous. And that was liberating, you know? It, it was a moment of, of self-liberation a substantial amount of vulnerability, I'm sure, to do that. Oh, yes. Yes. It didn't happen on its own and it was terrifying. It required becoming comfortable with being vulnerable and sharing about my struggle with um, people that were trustworthy or that I felt like would honor who I am or, you know, honored, already did, you know, live that life of honoring you know, the people in their lives and um, just seeing them and respecting them. And, you know, as it turns out, you find that other people also have the same struggle and we're able to support each other and, and grow together and embrace that struggle through empathy and compassion. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how, like, obviously it's a podcast, so you can't see me, but I am like pretty much as white as they come. And I, I don't have that experience of the the cultural piece of of those differences and struggles and shame and vulnerability and at the same time like my own experiences have those same feelings and I like that everyone's story can be very different and we can all come from very different backgrounds and it doesn't matter you know necessarily like what those backgrounds are and we can still relate to each other because of the feelings that we share. And I think that that is a really beautiful piece, an important piece to shame and vulnerability. So for in my experience, more, more toward like grad school, I, um, I went into grad school at like 28, 29. And so like everyone else around me was, you know, freshly out of undergrad, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people were freshly out of undergrad, you know, and I, that was not me. And, and I remember feeling so much shame about that of like, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not 
doing what I was supposed to be doing back then. And I, you know, I'm not in the same place in life anymore. And instead of like finding liberation in that at the, at the time, I internalized it and it felt just shameful, but specifically because of, because of where I was in, in that time of life, when I was supposed to be quote unquote, entering grad school, I was, you know, entering rehab, you know? And so like the guilt of that too, you know, like I really wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing and, but not just accepting that as guilt, but internalizing that. And like, I am, I am bad. I am a defect. And, you know, my parents are disappointed in me and my peers are, you know, looking down on me. And, and that's not, was not the reality. And it just took a long time to realize that. And sometimes we project our own self-judgment onto those around us. Yeah. You know, we feel a certain way about ourselves and we think that other people are feeling that same way about us. Mm -hmm. I empathize so much with what you just said of that piece of going into grad school as um, an older student, you know, someone who is not like Mm -hmm. fresh, like out of um, undergrad and feeling that sense of, oh, okay, what are the questions about me right now? I think one of the biggest ones was like, So like, what happened? What were you doing this whole time? You know, and feeling like I had to explain myself to other people, you know, and getting to that point of, you know, I don't, I don't owe anybody an explanation. Everybody doesn't deserve my story. And, um, and those who I share it with, we will feel really connected about it. And also looking back, like no one actually asked, like, what are you doing here? Why, why are you so old? Yeah. No one asked that. But I still, I, I completely agree. I still felt that like I, ha- I had to explain myself because they must be wondering. In defense. It was oh, yeah. ready, ready to defend. Yep. Yeah. I think no matter like who we are or where we are, there's these messages that we get from, could be from our family, from our culture, from religion, from media. That's like, this is what you should look like, or this is what you should be doing right now. This is what you should be studying. And when we internalize that, the think like, okay, so I am not, I'm not good. I'm not enough. I'm unworthy because I'm not meeting these expectations. It's like, that's where the shame comes in. And it's heavy and it doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Everyone needs support, and sometimes something as simple as a letter can make a difference. UFCWC's Letters of Care campaign is a unique way for Gators to connect and receive compassion, support, and understanding from a fellow Gator. Once you submit your request for a letter, it will be anonymously sent to one of the UFCWC's Aware Ambassadors, who will write you back a letter of care within five to seven business days. It's your own personal Aware Care Bear. Request your letters at counseling.ufl.edu forward slash letters. And I think there's so much power in just voicing that and talking about it with other people, like finding that, you know, everyone feels this way sometimes, you know, for the most part. And, you know, especially thinking about a college student tying so much of your worth and your academic achievements and what you're studying and kind of re- learning how to reframe that into like, this is 
a learning experience, having that kind of growth mindset of my purpose is not to pass all these classes, but it's to, you know, I'm, I'm learning through, you know, each experience. And owning that this is my path. This is my trajectory. This is where I am supposed to be in life. Mm -hmm. I think there's comfort in that too. I know that I've found comfort in that. Okay. This isn't necessarily, you know, the body that I want, or this isn't where I anticipated to be in my life. But because of where my path has taken me, these are also the positive things that are in my path. This, my path has prepared me for today, for where I am right now. Yeah, that made me think about uh, what Lorena said earlier about like secrecy and and shame and how when I don't I mean I can't speak for Lorena but when I when I did choose to share my experience and my path and my journey and and where I was in life I mostly probably 98% of the time was met with empathy and it it made me feel a little bit more comfortable the next time I chose to share and a little bit more comfortable the next time and the next time and the next time and you know eventually I wasn't feeling shame about those particular things. Um, And I think that when I see clients, they often come with so much shame about where they're at in life or who they are or or whatever. Um, And also like the fact that they're feeling depressed and they're not supposed to feel depressed and I'm feeling so anxious and I'm not supposed to feel anxious. We're not going to talk about this. And what I think that these, you know, clients don't know is that their peers are also feeling those things, but they're also not talking about it. And if we all just felt the freedom of talking about the things that we're not supposed to talk about, then (laughs) we wouldn't feel so much shame because it would be met with connection and empathy. And I just really hope that if our listeners are getting anything out of this today, it would be like, talk to your friends about how you're feeling. And hopefully, you know, they have experienced some form of that same feeling, whether it's the same, you know, experience of that feeling or not. That's, I think that can be really scary. Mm-hmm. You know? It can be really scary to, to be vulnerable with other people and, um, and talk about something like shame, which is like, just like the, it feels like the darkest secret, you know? And I, I, I agree with you that the, you know, it, you, you're usually met with empathy, but there's still this fear to do it. And, and sometimes you just do it with fear, you know? You, uh-huh. You're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm already sitting here. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in silence, you know? The struggle's already there. So I, think, I do believe that it takes a lot of courage to, to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so liberating when you finally do it. Mm -hmm. Like when you finally come out and say, personally for me, when I finally started sharing that I have panic attacks and everybody's like, what, you? You seem so calm. Well, yeah, but there's a whole other internal process that's going on inside of me. And then by sharing my story, 
I'm able to help others share their story. And then we connect in a way that we wouldn't have connected before. That's how you start to find your people. Yeah. And it gives the other person, not that you're doing it for the other person, but it gives the other person permission to be like, oh, okay. So this is something that I can talk about with this person. Right. I know I experienced so much shame throughout my life and internalized a lot of internalized feelings about um, homophobia. And a lot of it was from like religion and going to church growing up and, you know, not feeling comfortable in my identity, just feeling like there was something wrong with me. And I think there's been so much freedom and comfort that's grown in um, just our culture, cultural in general, being more accepting of queer people, LGBTQ, even in the past, like, few years, it's been a world of difference. Um, And I think there's so much power in that community and sharing those really scary things. It's a great example of what I was referring to earlier, which is, you know, how, you know, shame is meant to ensure your survival in in some ways. And um, it's like, yeah, okay. So it it oftentimes in terms of safety, especially like, um, you know, people um, in in the LGBTQ community to ensure safety, sometimes it means, you know, hiding. And um, it it, it did do that, you know, It, it ensured one more day, you know, but is that any way to live? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when that shame is like buried so deep down and so internalized, you know, for whatever, whatever the shame is about, you know, people act out of often defensiveness and fear, and it can come out in a lot of other dark, ugly ways. Yeah. Um, externally. Yeah, exactly. I, I do also believe that like most people, if not all people want to, you know, move towards thriving and not just surviving. Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting close to time and I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to maybe offer some piece of wisdom to our listeners who might be dealing with shame at this moment. Yeah, I I guess I wanted to maybe reiterate, like, it is scary to talk about the deep, dark parts of us that we find shameful. And if you don't feel comfortable talking about it with a friend or a family member, like, that's okay. And just know that there are also confidential resources and unbiased and non-judgmental places where you can go called therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And I know for me, like that was the starting place to start talking about some of this stuff. Um, It was helpful to go to someone who didn't know me, didn't have any opinion about me, good or bad. And I was just able to share my truths and share my shame. And for sure, be met with empathy, you know, like you want empathy, go see a therapist because (laughs) we got you. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> and then, you know, because of that experience, I was then able to like start sharing with, with friends or family members or whoever it might be and grow from those experiences. Um, I guess I'm thinking of how shame is something that like kind of is, it has compounded. It compounds over, over life. It just, it's just years of being, receiving certain messages and like reciting them back to ourselves and like, and sometimes like people proving um, to you that maybe it's not okay to be vulnerable and trying to learn that uh, everybody isn't like that. Cause I get it. Like it's hard, you know, when you hear someone say, Oh, you just got to be vulnerable. It's like, uh, do you know how many times I've been burned before? <laughs> you know? So it's hard. It's hard to, to step into that. So I guess my, my piece of advice in this, at this point is you, you don't have to take, you know, the big bite right now. You don't have to go overnight from like feeling shame to like, just like feeling liberated and thriving, you know, um, you can start just by having that conversation with yourself, whether it be like through journaling or, you know, just talking it out loud, you know, into your phone or into the world, you know, I think having that conversation with yourself is a, is a good place to start just to say it, to put words to it. So, and that in itself is a significant step. Well, thank you all so much. Um, it was a joy to talk to, to all of you this morning. And, um, I will be including some links to some valuable resources where our listeners can learn more about overcoming shame. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find CWC Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found. Please leave us a rating and review us. Email us at cwc-talks at ufl.edu with your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Show notes, resources, and more can be found at counseling.ufl.edu slash cwctalks.